0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Well, I'm on my third message in this series we're walking through, uh, just called PowerPoints. Uh, the whole emphasis is this, is that God is always moving toward us. God is always moving us to his plan. God is always moving us uh, to these divine appointments. Sometimes in the Bible we find this word suddenly, suddenly. It, it's, it's like uh, earth where we live, what we see most of the time, doesn't recognize how close we are to a divine intervention in our life. I want you to know that God has a suddenly in your future. Someone say amen to that. Suddenly, these PowerPoints, these intersections where we're just going through our daily walk with God. Now listen, these PowerPoints don't happen in the life of the rebellious and the disobedient. How many just heard me? Okay, I think for Edwards' amen. I'm going to come over on this side and try it because I know you meant it. These PowerPoint intersections do not occur in the lives of the disobedient and the rebellious. Okay, so... Now, Pastor, what are you saying? Simply that. You don't earn these. God has planned them. They're divine intersections. I want you to stay with me. Do you get this? But if I don't show up at the right time and the right place where God has ordained to meet me, I don't earn it. I didn't pay for it. I didn't deserve it. But I've been walking with him every day. Are you with me? Just serving Him. Ordinary days, common days. Anyone ever have any common days? Anybody have any ordinary days that you wish weren't so ordinary sometimes? I mean, you moms, have you ever had some days where you thought you changed 400 diapers that day? Come on, have you ever gone to work and you thought you worked 40 hours in one day? Did it feel like that? I hope nobody ever went to church and it felt like the service was forty hours, but so there. There are times when it's common, just common, you know. But here's the deal: here's what you have to understand. But I'm walking with God every day. I serve God. It was a big day. How many are listening to me? Every day I serve God. It may felt very common. See, we have to understand, particularly uh, we charismatics and Pentecostals. Every, not everything God does that is supernatural is sensational. Don't confuse the two. The supernatural is not always sensational. You understand? Not every day do the angels fly in and you get goosebumps. And Okay, you with me? There's some days it was supernatural that you put one foot in front of the other. Am I right? There's some days it was supernatural you climbed out of bed one more time. There's some days it was supernatural you decided forgive them one more time. Okay, so so there are these moments, these power points. These intersections of heaven and earth. And God has them planned for every one of us. Come on, somebody say, for me, for me. For every one of us, these PowerPoints. So I've been looking at these. Remember, uh, we talked about Elisha. When, When the mantle was laid on him, what he was doing? He was just plowing the field. When God selected David, what was he doing? Just watching sheep. When favor came on Rebecca, what was she doing? Just drawing water out of the well. And it goes on and on and on. So don't misunderstand the value of the common days. Don't misunderstand the value of being faithful to God. Is everybody with me? So you can't earn the blessing. It's not that. But you could disqualify yourself. See, the rebellious and the disobedient miss these power points. They miss these divine encounters. Not because God didn't choose it because we refused to find it. Okay. So we're gonna to go to uh 2 Kings 4. We're gonna begin with verse number 8. We're we're gonna look at this this uh narrative, this this literal occurrence, this this account uh in the life of a lady that had a double PowerPoint. Somebody say double. This is a double day. How many want a double blessing in their life? Come on. I, let me ask, I I'll take a single. But I'd love a double. Come on, tell the truth. How many want a double portion? Because we're gonna we're gonna see some really incredible things uh, that that we can relate to in this account. The Shunammite woman. This woman from Shunam. Now, I, I want you to see this. I'm not sure what translation you have, but the first sentence that launches this incredible encounter is so common. Okay, my, my version says, "One day Elisha went to Shunem." Is that what this says? There it is. One day, Elisha went to shoot him. Okay, big deal. One day, Elisha went to shoot him. One day, uh, Bill went to church. One day, Ron Risha went to church. I don't know, you know, whoever, whomever. One day, uh, Mohammed went to church. Come come believe with me. Believe. Don't look at me funny. Just believe with me. Okay. I don't mean that, Mohammed. I mean anyway. Okay. So one day, one day. Elisha went to him, But I was looking at this again. I love to, you know, dig in. Do you know that usually the gold isn't on the surface? you got to dig a little bit to get some gold. How many understand that? Okay, got to dig a little. So I was looking at this. One day Elisha went to him, But the King James translation says, I love this. It says, and it fell on a day. Okay, that got me right there. And it fell on a day. That sounded somewhat to me like an appointment. It fell on a day. You know, you may be on this Sunday morning, July 17, 2022. You may someday look back and say, and it fell on a day. And it fell on that Sunday. And it fell on a day. So, 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 so something's going on. It, it sounds to me like a setup is happening. Okay? A setup. So it fell on a day. And we keep reading it says, And a well-to-do woman was there. All right. So there was a a, a woman was there. But here's here's what I found as I kept digging. So it fell on a day. There was something that happened on this day. And, And all it said is that Elisha went to Shunem. So I was thinking about that. It fell on a day. What's God setting up? Elisha was the prophet of the double portion. Remember that? He told Elijah, I'm not going to, I want a double portion. And he said, well, that's going to be pretty hard. And he said, but if you see me when I go, you can have it. So Elisha says, I'm going to get a double portion. And it happened. So so on this particular day, the double portion prophet went to Shunem. And I started studying Shunem. And Shunem, look at this. The meaning of the word Shunem is the place of double resting. I said, oh, how many understand when you're starting to see the footprints of an encounter? I mean, I was doing a little Holy Spirit CSI, and it started coming together. How many know what I'm talking about? So so here we're in the place of double resting, and the prophet of the double anointing comes walking into town. I personally want to be there when it fell on that day. Anybody with me? See, now just ordinary, if you're just reading the Bible, and Elisha went to Shunem. But if you really reread the Bible, then you begin to see the prophet of the double anointing came to the place of the double resting, and it fell on a day. I want to find out what happened on that day. And it says on this particular day that God was setting something up, this divine intersection, uh, a, a well-to-do woman was there. Now, we some translations say she was wealthy. Uh, we just read in this one she was well-to-do. And if you're not careful, you miss who she is because of what she had. We we tend to qualify people by what they have instead of who they are. We tend to look at someone's dollar amount instead of their spiritual place in Christ. And so often when people read this, you say, well, this happened because the woman was wealthy. Her wealth had nothing to do with what was about to happen here. Her financial situation was not the precursor to the spiritual encounter that was about to take place in her life. Is anybody with me right now? Some of you are and some of you aren't. But but I, I lived in Texas long enough, I know this, you just keep dwelling, uh, drilling till you hit oil. And I got a pretty hard head. So I'm just going to keep drilling until we all strike oil around here today because there's some anointing God wants to give you because this may just be a day and it fell on a day when something's going to shift in your circumstance. All right. See, we're we're dealing in double stuff today. We're in a double thing today. So there was a woman. So, what was this about this woman? It. The, the, I looked at this word, wealthy, well-to-do, and the word doesn't necessarily the the, the money factor is way down the list of of synonyms. The, the The basic meaning is that she was a distinguished woman. Now, she wasn't the only woman in Shunem. I want you to make sure you understand choices and lifestyle here. Faithfulness. She wasn't the only woman in Shunem. It was the city. There are many women in the city. But on this day, there was a woman. Now, what did this woman do that distinguished her from all the other women in that city? What was it that happened that caused her to encounter a double anointing in a place of double resting? What was it about this lady that distinguished her from everyone else that lived in the city, listen to me, who had the same opportunity she had? who lived in the same city where the same prophet walked through. Are you with me? It's interesting to me that the same people can be in the same church service and some go home with a double blessing and some just got a nap. It's interesting to me that some people go to church and say, I believe God's going to send a revival. And other people went home and didn't even know anything happened that day. So you have to understand that the Holy Spirit is present and ready to do a mighty work all the time in our life. What distinguishes us is how we recognize those moments. All right. Everybody still going with me? So what did this lady do that distinguished her from all the others? Well, let's, let's read a little more. One day Elisha went to Shunem and a well-to-do woman was there. Oh, now we begin to see what distinguished her. Who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. Okay? Now, why did she do that? Verse 9. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. So now we begin to see why we read about her and not somebody else. Now we begin to see, you know, every every once in a while, I've heard people say and it's sort of true, but it's sort of not. Have you ever heard someone say favor ain't fair? Come on, it's kind of kind of makes preaching work a little bit. How many know what I'm saying? You know, preachers, those—that's a preacher phrase. You know, favor ain't fair. Whoa, you know, everybody likes that. See, but let me tell you something: favor always has a purpose. It's not that it's not fair. It's not everybody else knew what to do when favor was coming by. See, favor's looking at you right now. When Rebecca began to water the camels for the the, the servant sent to find the, the, uh, his master's son's wife, favor was watching her while she was drawing water and she didn't even know it. While she was being faithful, favor was watching. She wasn't praying for favor. She was just serving. She wasn't looking for favor. Listen to me, favor was looking for her. And any of the young women that day could have drawn water out of the well. But Rebecca said, I'll draw the water. Any woman in Shunam could have invited the prophet to come eat. But she's the only one that did it. You see, it's not that God picks his favorites. It's that people pick their God. It's See, it's not that God will come here and come there and miss you and miss him. It's that God is coming. It's who's welcoming him. God is present. it's who's recognizing him. The thing that distinguished this lady among the women of the town is that when the man of God began coming through, I'm going to show you in a minute, it said, he often comes through our city. Is that she began to see what others didn't see. She began to recognize, she said to her husband, this is a man of God. When you read this account, you have to understand that Elisha represents the presence of God. It was not just a personality. It was a presence of God. And there's something about this lady. I, I want to be like this. Anybody else want to be like this? Yeah. See, there was something about this lady who began to recognize the presence of God. See, look at this. She urged him to stay for a meal. She, she didn't, she didn't get, she wasn't satisfied for a drive by blessing. She said, I, I want to do something to have the presence of God come sit down with me for a while. Huh? See, sometimes we're okay to come to church and just get a drive-by blessing. Now, maybe you came here and you've had a hard week. I'm glad you're here. Maybe you're watching online and you're struggling to know do you even believe in God. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. But there's enough of us that know who He is that we should have enough coming in us today. Come on. That we've got something to spread around this place right now. We, we, sh- we should have enough. And so we, we, there should be enough people saying, I want more than a drive-by blessing. I want more than to live off somebody else's anointing. How many are with me? I want, to, I want to live in a way where the Spirit of God begins to stay where I am. So she says, I, I, I want him to turn in. Let, let's look at this. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. Now watch. He had been coming by. But she did something that caused him to stop when he came by. That's what we're learning here. There was something significant about that. So let's keep reading. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. She began to recognize the presence of God. She began to say, You know, I, I want to stay a while. It's kind of like, You know you've got your daily Bible reading and you've got to read those 10 verses so you can check it off and go. Have you ever read the 10 verses and said, I believe I'm going to read 10 more. Are you with me? Have you ever done the minimum and said, you know, I'd like the maximum today? Have have you ever done what you had to do and you decided you wanted to do what you needed to do? See, have you ever done the devotion, but then you decided you're going to meet the one you're devoted to? (laughs) See, there, there begins to come this thing. So she said, I love the presence of God. I want to sit down. In the presence of God. Let, let let's feed him. But watch what happens. Look at verse 10. This thing's growing. How many want to grow in your love for God? Man, I want to grow. I don't you want to love him more now than you used to love him? See, see, Christianity is not the big bang theory where you got saved and had a big spiritual encounter, and then you just try to hold on and have at least a little bit left before you die. This is supposed to get better as we go. Everybody with me? This is supposed to stay fresh. We're supposed to have the fire rekindle. I'm supposed to love him more today than I did then. I do love him more than I did that day. When I got saved, I was blind, naive, and green. I've learned some things now. Come on, how many have a track record with God? I, my, somebody told me he was faithful then. I can tell you he's faithful now. Anybody with me? I heard somebody else's testimony. I have a testimony now. I can tell you that I've walked with him through the valley of shadow of the death. I can tell you that he's prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. I can tell you that he saved your prodigal sons and daughters. I can tell you that he heals sick bodies. I can tell you when I didn't know how to pay it God made a way. I can tell you that what I used to know about I know him. I can tell you if nobody else but believes in him I believe in him. I can tell you now that everybody can be a liar but God is the truth. I can tell you you can take the whole world and throw it away but I'm not going to lose my faith in God see I love him more now than I ever did because I've sat down with him a few times I've seen him up close face. I don't live off a drive by blessing I know whom I have believed and I become persuaded that he is able to do that which he has promised me see it's not like it used to be it's just not like it used to be Why? That's, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing. We're not satisfied with where we are. And we might say, that is pretty cool. She feeds him. She said, come on, when you come by, stop and eat. But see, something was happening in those encounters. Something was going on as she was entertaining the prophet for lunch because she said in verse 10, "Come I'm just getting started and I better get going fast. She said, let's make a small room on the roof and put a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay here whenever he comes to us. Do you see, at first she watched him walk through the street. She said, you know, there's something about that guy. She watched him. She said, that's a man of God. That's the presence of God. And she said, let's ask him over for dinner. And they started having some dinner. Now, in Alabama, it was supper. Right, it was supper, dinner, supper. So he said, come on over and have supper. And, 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 and while he's having supper, she's watching him. You know, she's, she's thinking, Mm-mm, something about this. I like this presence. See, I, if, if you've really been born again, you like the presence of God. You know, I, I never understand people that don't like the presence of God. And say they look, I love Jesus, but I don't. You know, I love the Lord, but I don't like those prayer meetings. Getting quiet in the house. Now, and you know, I, I love the Lord, but you know, I some I went to that church. Somebody shouted. Well, that didn't bother you at the Iron Bowl. <laughs> you know, I went to that church and I looked up there. Somebody was dancing. Well, you've been a dancing fool at times in your life. <laughs> yeah, you know, I went to I went to that church and I somebody spoke in tongues. Spoken tongues. That's crazy. That's in the Bible, isn't it? Hey. I don't know about that. Well, maybe you need to find out about that. <laughs> maybe, see, see, you know what she did? She said, come on, have lunch. So you don't have it. She, she, she took an invitation that the church needs to take in. She's taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> see, some, some of us don't know how good he is because we had to sit down and give him time to taste and see that the Lord is good taste and see. So so you, you taste and see for a while and, and then he goes on his way and, and then that husband and wife, they're having some pillow talk, you know. She says, honey, you know, you got to wait till the right time. See, it, it, I don't know why it is. Not the husband. It's always the ladies do the spiritual stuff. Come on, help me out, ladies. Help me out, ladies. Never the husband. We could reverse that around here. Come on, we need some. But, but you know, they're having a pillow talk. And she says, you know, she, she got to wait to the right moment. You ladies got this timing thing. I don't know what this is. Phyllis knows when to get me. I know you're listening. I know you're listening. Right she knows when to get me. So, you know, it's just that moment. I know when it's coming. Honey. So I think to myself, this is going to cost me. Anybody anybody with me today? Some of you guys going to have to... I don't, I don't have my wallet with me, but, you know, you, you, you can pay for a lot. Some of you guys are going to have to get off this and just listen. All right, just let her talk. Let her talk. She may help you out. So, you know, you know it's coming when it's that, honey, you know, uh, it's been nice having Elijah eat dinner with us, hasn't it? Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, that's the man. It's cool. That's all he's thinking. It's all right. He's thinking, yeah, I'm having to feed more mouths and <laughs> you know you guys I won't have to work another three hours to feed that guy coming through here all the time kids out of the house you know I thought he was fine now here he comes coming through I got to feed him something don't happen my wife's I know what's going to happen you know took her three years to talk me into tithing I'm just having fun today is it alright just have some fun took me three years talking me to tithing. If something doesn't change, she's going to hit me with 15% pretty soon. I can tell that woman of mine. And then I know what's coming. Kingdom builders. She's going to. I know what's coming next. Kingdom builders. So she says, you know, has how... it, it been okay for him to come out here? Yeah, it's just good. It's good. Well, uh, <clears throat> honey, we need to put a little addition on the house. He's going, uh, we, we, we need an addition on the house. Why do we need an addition on the house? Well, you know, I've been tasting and seeing the Lord is good. And it's good to have dinner, but what if he just stayed at the house? What, what if when he comes through next time he just comes in to stay? Remember? Oh, oh, what's shooting him the place of double resting? Oh, oh, what did they build? Put let's build a place for him to rest. Let's put a bed in the room. See. There comes a place when you say, I love for God to visit, but I want God to come rest with me. Huh. I, I, I like this visitation But I've been praying for a habitation I want to create a place in Shunah So when the presence of God comes by I just don't get a drive-by blessing We come and dwell in this plow it, it begins to permeate the house See, it's everything we do Remember they put the Ark of the Covenant In the house of Obed-Edom And three months later they say King, everything in his house is blessed of God See, if you want the blessing on your house You've got to create a place for the glory of God to come stay in that house Come move in that house. See, we come to a place where it's not a Sunday visit. It's a come live with me on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And I'm not just a Christian in a crisis. I'm a Christian that's hungry for God. I want you in the house. I want you to live in the house. I want you to stay in the house with me. I want to continually do this. Let's build a place for him. Let's make a room for him. Let's create a place for God to rest with us. Anybody tracking with me on this? And this is what happens in that place. When we create a place for the presence of God. When we live in the presence of God. Listen to me. Our Christianity stops being a religion and it becomes a joy. It stops being a duty and it becomes a relationship. It stops being a hardship and it becomes a resting place for the presence of God. When we create the presence, when we for the presence to come, then God has a place. Listen, and if you make a place for God, God will start being God in your life. Watch this, verse eleven. Come on, we got to get to this. So, uh, one day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. Come on, Holy Spirit just resting in the house. Yeah, come on, isn't that good? He just, just dwelling in the presence of God. See, the Bible says, we, we, we don't get this. Psalm 91.1 says, he that dwells in the shelter of the Most High, the word really says, gets to rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So, so dwelling, God just resting. See, see, just the presence of God's in that home. Watch this. Listen, she's not asking for a thing. This, are you with me? She's not asking for a thing. She just, ah, oh, the presence is here. The presence. Watch, watch this. One day while Elisha, when Elisha went up to his room and laid down there, he said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. So he called her. She stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her, you've, done, you've gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Are you seeing that? She didn't have to ask God for anything. The Spirit of God comes and says, what do you want, lady? Right. Oh, my. What do you want God to do? See, there's this place of resting in God where God starts initiating the things that come in your life. Where I'm not, it's not this thing I'm chasing God, begging God, finding God. God says, what you want? See, so you come in the presence of God. You begin to dwell in the manifested presence of God. It's not where we have to make it happen. God says, I'm ready to make something happen. you created a presence of God, a place for his presence, and God begins to be God in that atmosphere. So you said, what can I do for you? What do you want? Watch this. Uh, and and uh, she says, can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? Look at this. She said, I have a home among my people. She said, I don't need anything. I'm good. Wow, I'm good. Uh, so uh, what can be done, Elisha asked. Gehazi said, well, she's no son and her husband's old. All right? It's all initiated from the presence of God. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you're going to hold a son in your arms. Look at her. No, my Lord, don't mislead your servant, man of God. In other words, she said, I haven't dared even ask God for that. I haven't even thought I could ask God for that. She said, don't mislead me. Don't build my hope up. Don't talk about that. I, do you know that God knows what you're even afraid to ask him for? God knows the deepest desire of your heart. God knows what's down in there that your humanity can't even come to grips with to believe to ask him for. But when you're in the presence of God, God goes down beyond the surface and he says, "I see your heart. I know your thoughts. I know what you're afraid to even believe can happen." Because Ephesians 3:20 says, "And he is able, God is able, to do abundantly uh, above beyond and all oh, I can even and ask or imagine. That's the God we serve. So she couldn't even ask for it. She couldn't even imagine it. And then she said, don't, don't, don't get my hopes up. Just, just, don't, just don't talk about it. Look what happens in the presence of God. Verse 17. But the woman became pregnant the next year about the same time she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha told her, listen, promises become reality in the presence of God. Miracles become reality in the presence of God. They're initiated from God's side. He knows the deepest things of your heart. We don't have to beg for the presence of God. We just need to recognize the presence of God. How to entertain the presence of God. Have you ever thought about it? Do you know how to host the presence of God? welcome the presence of God. Dwell in the presence of God. This, this miracle, this miracle, this above and beyond thing happened and the woman received the child. The blessing came in the house. It, it, it was bigger and greater than she could ever imagine. But it's not the end of the chapter. Have you ever had the greatest chapter of your life followed by one you wish had never been written? Let's get real. Have you ever had a chapter written in your life that you wish the book had ended before then? So here's this miracle. Then we read this. Look with me. Beginning verse 18. The child grew and one day he went out to his father who was with the reapers. My head, my head, he said to his father. His father told his servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon and then he died. How? In the world. What in the world? You know, I, I, I have to tell you that every one of us have had moments. Every one of us when the why and the how seemed to rob us of everything we thought we knew. Everything we thought we knew. See, we, you look, at verse, look at this next verse. He's died. Brings to the mother. But look what she does in verse 21. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Then she shut the door and she went out. I want to tell you something. This is the place of double resting. That room was the place where the presence of God dwelt in that home. It was a place she had built out of her passion for God. Are you with me? And something inexplicably took place. how How did you do that? How could he die? He's the gift of God. I didn't ask for this. You gave him to me. And now he's dead? But can I tell you something? Listen to me. I'm going to help somebody right now. I've told you in this series, you always have a choice. Are you hearing me? You always have a choice. And there are going to be those moments... When it seems like everything you knew and understood and thought about, God died in your life. And why and what and anger and emotion and frustration rise up in every one of our lives. We're human. But I need to tell you something. In that moment, you have a choice that you can make. And I don't let the how, we ask it, Don't let the why, we will ask it, but don't stop there. Don't let the how and the why tear down the room that you built. Don't let the moment when you don't understand shut the door on the place when you did understand. Don't let the questions tear down the room that you built in your house. God is still God. His presence is still His presence. The place He dwelled, He still dwells there. There are going to be moments your emotions want to shut the door and burn the house down. And say, you don't even know who I am. But I'm here to tell you what you did in the blessing. Do in the hard time, What you did in the favor. Do in the shadows. What you did in the sun. Doing in the shadow She said this This is what she said Think of this She said I had a blessing from God I had a power encounter God gave me a miracle And gave me this boy And it came out of dwelling in the presence of God And right now he looks dead But I'm not going to run from God I'm not going to be angry at God I'm going to carry what he gave me And put it right back in that place where the presence has been dwelling in my life. What did she do? Verse, she says, look at verse 23 or verse 22. She called her husband. Please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today? He said, it's not the new moon or the Sabbath. No, no shade at the husband, <laughs> but he couldn't get past the religion. In other words, in our terminology, he said, woman is not Sunday. Why are you going after the man of God? What are you acting all like this for? It's not Sunday. But see, I told you, she had been dwelling in the presence of God. It had moved past the Sunday thing to an everyday thing. It wasn't a religious thing. It was a lifestyle thing. He said, it's not Sunday. Why are you going to church? It's not Sunday. Why are you doing this? What are you doing? What are you doing? And, and, and she said, I've got to go. And, and, and she says, I've got to go. And then I love her declaration. Come on. Verse 23. She said this. I love it. She says, there, there are many translations. But, but the, the one I like, she says, it's all right. It's all right. One says, it's going to be all right. She, Her husband said, what are you doing? She says, it's all right. You talk about a declaration of faith in the face of a tragedy. There are going to be some days, are you listening to me, guys, when you're going to have to say, I don't understand it. I don't like it. My heart's breaking. It seems like everything that had happened has just blown in my face, but it's all right it's alright, it's alright because I'm going to the presence of God, it's alright she said, it's alright, so look at this verse 24, on the donkey, said to her servant, lead on, don't slow down from me unless I tell you, so she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel, and I could talk about that but we don't have time, that's a place where the fire fell in Elisha, but come on when he saw her in the distance, the man of God, listen, listen, when he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, look there's the Shunammite, do you understand that long before she saw the prophet The prophet saw her coming Do you know that before you see God in your crisis God sees you When you're trying to get to him He sees you over here at the distance Do you know all I've got to do Listen All you got to do Is get up from that place And start going after him Start coming after him He sees you when you're coming today If you're holding on to your faith God sees you coming right now he saw you take the first step. He's got his eye on you right now. God sees you before you see him. See him. Now Now watch this. I'm, I'm hurrying. I admit it. Verse 26. Run to meet her, he said to his servant. Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Dear God. She said, everything's all right. Oh, I need some more people like that in my life. I need some more of that in my life. What's going on? It's all right. How's it? Listen, it's not that we're in denial. We're just determined I, I know what's going on I haven't lost my mind I know if something's dead or living But I'm telling you The God who gave it Is the God who promised And I just want to say It's alright It's alright Look at somebody beside you Touch them easy and say It's alright Yeah, it's just alright <laughs> Verse 27 When she reached the man of God at the mountain She took hold of his feet Sometimes See See you got to grab hold of God when your flesh says, run from God. Sometimes you grab him. And she says, you know, she's uh, and, and the servant tries to push her away. Leave her alone. Uh, leave her alone. Verse 28, she said, did I ask you for a son? <laughs> Didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. If anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. Can I tell you something? The the, the promise is not dead. Don't go bury your promises today. I'm telling you, don't go bury your promises today. So, they, so Gehazi went on ahead, laid the staff on the boy's face. There was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, the boy has not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, where was the boy? There was the boy. Where was the boy? There was the boy lying on the couch, lying on the place of rest, lying in the presence of God. She didn't take the promise away from God. She kept it in the presence of God. She didn't pull it back. She didn't let how, why, oh, oh, it's me. She said, God, you gave him and God, here he is. Do you understand that he goes in? I want you to see this. He got it on the bed, laid upon the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands, stretched himself out upon him. The boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed, stretched out upon him again. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. The resting place she built out of her hunger became the resurrection place in her crisis. You see what I'm saying? See, if she'd never built that room, that boy would have died. If she had never built that room, the miracle wouldn't happen. And it's too late to build the room once the crisis happens. It's too late to build the resting place when you've already gone on and left it somewhere else. But I'm going to tell you what you'll build, what you'll do just like this lady. Just serving. Just loving. Just making a meal. Building a room. Loving the presence of God. In that presence a miracle happened. The devil tried to steal the miracle. She went to God and said, I trust you. And in the place she had built to seek God, the devil came and tried to steal it away. But God turned it into a resurrection. Why was she in the place of a double resting? Because it was there the boy was given life, and it was there the boy was resurrected. It was there the miracle was spoken. It was the day the miracle was resurrected. I want you to stand with me. Worship team, come. Come on and stand. Come on and stand. I landed that airplane going 300 miles an hour just then. I didn't even put on a parachute. That's just time. Come on. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. You need to know something right now. God will see you coming from a distance. God will honor what he promised you. God will be faithful to what he says. I want you to listen to me. The most important thing that you and I will ever do on the common days is build a place in my life where God can dwell. Build a place where God can dwell. Build a place where the presence of God can permeate my house and permeate my life. It doesn't insulate us from the crisis of life. Were you listening to me today? It doesn't mean that the boy may not die. It doesn't mean that the promise won't be challenged. But what I learned in his presence, I can't leave it when I don't understand. What I built in the understanding, I've got to hold on when I don't understand. What I built during the blessing, I've got to hold on to when it seems like it's fallen away from me. In that place, the place of double resting. She had a double rest after that. See, right now you think you're about to lose what God promised. You hold on and when God restores it, there's a double blessing on that thing. Because you saw him give it to you, and now he gave it back to you again. See, there's some things God puts in my hands, and truthfully, I have to make sure I know it's still God's. There's some blessings God gives me that I may reach a point in my life I have to get my hands off and put it back to the guy that gave it. But the last verse, I didn't read it. The prophet said, you come in, take your boy, and go. I'm telling you, don't leave your miracle laying somewhere today. I'm going to tell you, go pick it up right now. Go take your miracle. Pick up your miracle and go off with it. Don't leave it. Don't leave it. Take your miracle and go. God's faithful to us today. God's faithful. Maybe you're stuck in the how and the why. I understand that. I've asked those questions of God before. That's not the end of it unless you make it the end of it. You understand that? That's not the end of your faith unless you let it become the end of your faith. I've asked God, how could this be? I've had dark moments when when everything I thought I understood didn't make sense between me and God as your pastor and I've asked why 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 how this doesn't make sense to me how would you do this and then this happened how would you say that and then this happens God this is what I've learned don't stop there don't stop there pick it up Go back to that place and say, God, you did it. If you gave it to me the first time, you can give it back to me the second time. See, you and I, this may be some Shunamites. because we believe in a double resting place. We believe in the place, if God's big enough to give it, he's big enough to resurrect it. Come on, somebody needs to get that today because there's a double portion God dwelling with us.